Hey, welcome back everybody to another uh, Doodles podcast, just me today, and I'm going to be talking about, uh, it's been about a year now since I've lived full-time on the dark side, and I want to give you uh, a feeling of what that's been like, uh, has it been what I expected, uh, has it been better or worse, and some of the costs associated with that, so I'm going to go over all that with you today. Um, it uh, So I bought this boat in January of 2021, and here it is, February 2022. So uh, it's been a good – it was on dry dock for four months um, over hurricane season, so I was on the boat most of that time. Um, As far as my general impressions so far, I've loved it. Oh, by the way, cheers, guys. Uh, It's a a, twist off. Well, it's not twist off, but it's not a pop top, so you can't hear it, but there you go. But Anyway, um – it's been a lot more comfortable than I thought. Uh, I got to say this, I, I've said it a million times, uh, you know, a, a motor yacht is uh, a house that is a boat or, or a boat, you know, um, it's more house than it is boat, whereas a sailboat is more boat than it is house. So um, a sailboat is a boat that happens to be a house. A motorboat is a house that happens to be a boat. Um, so it has been really comfortable. The things I like about it so far have been that, uh, oh, let me get rid of that, have been that, um, you know, you have your outdoor living spaces and you have your outdoor where you can have your, you can see your neighbors and all that, but you can also come downstairs inside and it feels like an apartment. I mean, I have a full-size refrigerator. I don't know if this camera will pick it up. Yeah. So I have a full-size refrigerator there. I have an ice maker outside. I have, you know, a hot water heater, you know, a household hot water heater. I have a bathtub if I really wanted to take a bath, all these things. So it makes it really comfortable. Um, and then from a galley standpoint, it's got everything you would need, uh, you know, convection oven, uh, we, we use mostly just like a little toaster type oven, but then, you know, all the, we have 110 volt power all the time. Uh, so it is really comfortable. And then of course the aft cabin is huge, right? It's got a big queen size bed. I got a bathtub back there with a walk-in shower and all that. You'd be hard pressed to get that on a sailboat, uh, especially anything under like 50 feet. Once you get above that, you can get some pretty big pretty big bedrooms like uh my old uh, sailboat the ct56 had a pretty nice size bedroom it was pretty comfortable i did like that one but you know anything 45 feet or under is not going to have a bedroom like that uh and you know so you have multiple living areas i have a living area down here i can go back to my bedroom if i want i have an outdoor salon then i have the helm station then you got the bow then i got the aft cockpit there's so many places you can hang out if you want to have you know i've always got a fairly large crew. We've got four people on here so far. And if I want to get some personal space, it's not a big problem to do to get away. Um, so that being said, it's not as good for entertaining. We had kind of a party over here the other night and don't get me wrong. It was, we had like 15, 20 people over here, but you can't fit everybody in the salon. Uh, you know, you got the outdoor area. So it was kind of multiple areas for hanging out. Now you're not going to get that on a sailboat either, really, unless you get a catamaran. But that's the thing is you get like a 45 foot catamaran. You can have everybody hanging out kind of in the outdoor salon and the, you know, the galley area and all that. And it is quite nice for entertaining. I will say so. A catamaran definitely is great for entertaining. Uh, so far, kind of the biggest drop. Well, okay, so I'll keep on going with the benefits first. I mean, the uh, getting the speed, right? We're, we're going fast everywhere we're going. We're going 10, 11 knots, no problem, every time we go somewhere. And uh, it, it, it really... It's got this boat has stabilizers on it, so you know we've been in some rough weather, uh, and you know it would be easily as rough in a sailboat too. If this boat didn't have stabilizers, that'd be a different story, but it does have stabilizers. And the thing is, is like you know we're doing 
and we were in some pretty rough weather a couple weeks ago, um, like eight foot seas, occasionally a big 10 footer would come through. And, uh, instead of wallowing around at like six, seven knots, we're like, screw it, let's just go. And we were doing 13, 14 knots. So we're going double the speed we'd normally be going. And that way we get to where we're going. We're in that weather half the time. Um, obviously the downside of that is you use a lot of fuel. Uh, so, uh, you know, okay, we'll kind of get to some of the negatives now. Fuel, number one, easily number one. Um, it is definitely more expensive than I had really imagined uh, as far as fuel. You know, it, it, uh, it depends on how fast you're going, how far you're going. But, I mean, like we have a trip coming up uh, in a couple weeks. We're going to Dominican Republic. So from where we are now to Dominican Republic is 300 miles. And so at... 10 knots, um, which is one of our more economical fuel, uh, fuel speeds, uh, you know, we'll probably be doing, you know, 18, let's just call it, you know, 17, but call it 20 gallons an hour just for mass sake. Um, and it's going to take us 30 hours, right? So we're going to burn 600 gallons getting to the Dominican Republic times four, and you're $2,400 to do that trip. So it's pretty expensive. Now then, that being said, you don't do that very often. Like our longest trip, previous to this one coming up has been like 80 miles or 100 miles so you know maybe a third of that cost or less and if you're only doing that every month or something that's not that bad right so you're spending you know seven or eight hundred dollars a month in fuel maybe a thousand dollars a month in fuel moving around but uh the that's not all of the fuel the problem is because kind of when i was thinking about it okay it's like okay you know we're not going to go more than 100 miles in a month, you know, I mean, we're just going to island hop, right? Go 10 miles over to this island, hang out for a week. Go 20 miles over here to this island, hang out for a week, right? And by the time you get there, you're doing less than 100 miles. Well, that has been right on, right? We've been using less than $1,000 a month, burning fuel, moving around. But the problem is, is that this boat was designed to have a generator run the entire time, uh, which is... Uh, you know, that doesn't sound too bad until you, you add up the fuel burn on that. So I have two generators on this boat. I have a 20 kilowatt, which lives in the main engine bay and it's quite loud. So we don't run it too often. And then I have an aft generator under the aft, uh, cockpit area and it's a 13, 12 and a half kilowatt. So it doesn't use as much fuel and it's a lot quieter back there. You can't really even really hear it in this salon area when it's running. Uh, in the aft cabin when you're sleeping, yes, you can hear it, but it's not too bad. It's an, it's a white noise, helps you get to sleep, right? You hear less, less of the waves slap. But even at a gallon an hour on that thing, so you do the math on that, 24 hours a day time. So we're using 24 gallons of fuel a day which so that's a hundred bucks a day just in fuel for the generator so if we spend a month somewhere cruising around and anchors without being in a marina you get a thousand dollars for fuel on just moving around and then three thousand dollars a month basically for uh generators right so that's four thousand dollars a month in fuel and i think for a lot of people cruising that's their total cruising budget right um so there, now, if so, here's the here's here's what you could do to this boat, which would cost a bit of money, but I think in the long run will definitely be worth it. If I I am ha I'm I'm having a catamaran built right now. Um, it won't be ready until next year, 2023, summer or spring. Not sure yet. Uh, but if so, I'm I would love to be able to keep this boat, but I think I'm going to have to sell the boat to pay for that 
But if I was keeping the boat, what I would absolutely do to this boat, and I looked into doing it before the guy I had gave me a quote on it, moved away suddenly from Puerto Rico where I was going to have him do it, but I was going to have him add solar panels and a house battery bank. So the way these older, uh, this is 1997 Hatteras, right? So it was designed to always have a, a generator running or be hooked up to shore power. So there was no real house bank. It has three battery banks. It has one battery bank for each engine and those are both it has two 8d 12 volt batteries running series so it's 24 volts uh something i think each each battery is like 200 amp hours or something like that so i got 400 amp hours per bank so there's 800 amp hours there and then i've got another battery bank for the navigation equipment it's just one d one 4d batteries you know 140 um, amp hours 12 volt uh, well though there is so there those are just for the engines and for the dc powered lights and stuff like that but almost every light in here and all the refrigeration the air conditioners everything in here is ac powered so you have to have a generator running or shore power there is no inverter system set up on this boat to run through the plugs and everything or for the refrigeration so not only would i have to add solar panels which is not that expensive these days you can get them for well less than a dollar a, f uh, a watt so you know if i wanted to add two thousand watts of solar which i could put on my top deck is two thousand dollars or less then you have to have somebody install it or we can install it ourselves i mean i've looked into doing that too and then wire it that's not that complicated the complicated part is that we have to create a new battery bank and we have to put an inverter charger in it big enough to uh power the boat and we have to put the solar charger uh in there to power the house bank now the the two main problems of that is where do i put all that this boat was not designed for that so space wise and weight wise i think it would have to be a lithium battery bank because i would need at least you know a thousand amp hours or the equivalent of that i'm not sure uh i'm not I'm totally up to date on lithium stuff so i would have to in install that and then where to put it um I could put it on top. I'd have to build a platform and put it on top of my existing battery banks for the engines, which, you, you know, okay, that adds a lot of weight to the port side of the boat. I've already got kind of a port heavy uh, uh, side boat because I have two water tanks on the port side. So I add another, you know, a thousand amp hours of lithium batteries. I just i'm ballparking or i don't know how much they weigh but four or five hundred pounds something like that now i'm adding another four or five hundred pounds on the port side of the boat i would love to be able to put it in the center of the boat but i don't know where i could do that uh, maybe in between the engines and i'd have to raise the flooring up a little bit to go over you know put the battery bank down the bottom and then the you know the the uh put a little of the floor on top and that just limits the amount of space and then i got to find a place to for, for the solar charger to live it, you know a 2000 watt solar charger is not that big but I, I could find a place for that but then i would need at least a 5000 watt inverter charger that would charge those batteries um and um you know from shore power and such or or the generator or uh, power inverter ac power to the rest of the boat so all that would have to be installed you have to build all the housings for it and everything ballpark i'm guessing that would be 15 to twenty thousand dollars to do all that um, now being sailing doodles, it's, it's great. I could probably get a sponsor to do quite a bit of that, but it would still be, you know, seven or eight, $10,000 for me to do that probably. And then it's the downtime of having it done right now with the chip shortage and all that stuff. I mean, it's hard to get work done. Um, uh, the manufacturing part of it is easy. I mean, people, 
down here in the in the in St. Thomas and all that, um, you can get the little cradles and everything built. It's it's getting the batteries, getting all the solar panels and all that down here, which would be difficult. So it's kind of hard to do. But now then, if all that was done, I had proper solar that could run my refrigeration and run my lighting and all that. Um, then you take away that three thousand dollars a month that I'm spending on generator, or maybe just knock it down to like uh, you know a quarter of that. You know, if I just want to run uh, my generator at night, uh, you know, there's no power, there's no sun going, so you want to run it at night. Uh, or just to run the air conditioners at night when you're trying to sleep. I mean, so going from $4,000 a month uh, to $2,000 a month fuel is a lot more feasible uh, than, but if in the long run, you know, you're saving $2,000 a month over a period of six, eight months. I mean, having that solar installed would be worth it for sure. Just right now, I would love to do it. It's just finding the downtime to do it. Plus, like I say, I'll be probably selling this boat at the end of the year to uh, pay for the uh, new catamaran. Uh, that new catamaran, by the way, will be uh, a kind of a hybrid electric. Um, it's going to have one really big generator, uh, lots of solar, and then the two engines on it will be electric. So, you know, you'll, it'll be kind of like the whole diesel electric system that like trains do right they're very efficient at that so they have a, a power generation and then it has it turns the electric motors so that'll be nice and then you know especially during the daytime i mean if i'm gonna have 2,000 watts of solar on that thing shouldn't shouldn't need to run a generator at all and then if you got a big lithium ion uh, 48 volt battery system uh you know then you know you can charge it during the day and, and still use it at night it'll be a pretty efficient way to go so i'm looking forward to that um Kind of the down thing I'm not looking forward to catamaran. This is what I, I love about the mo- this this uh, motor yacht is, you know, whenever I've got friends that have catamarans here in the Marina, Marina here in St. Saint, uh, Martin right now. And every time I walk by their boat, um, you know, they're in their salon hanging out watching TV or working or something like that. Every time I walk by, I see them. They see me and you wave or whatever. And it's, it's nice. We're friendly and all that. But sometimes you just want to like, not have to interact or socialize right and so but if you're hanging out where everybody can see you it's just an excuse for somebody to stop by and talk to you and all that so uh, you get i think you give up a little bit of privacy on a catamaran um that being said you know you could go down to your cabins and stuff like that but generally speaking your your cabins on catamarans are pretty small because yeah your your catamaran width total width might be 24 feet but at least half of that is, or close to half of that, is empty space in between the holes, and then you have the holes, right? So generally, the holes on most cats, 45 feet or so, are barely wide enough to fit um, a, a queen-size bed. Like there's, you can almost, there's like a little bit of walk-around space on the end where they where they kind of cut the end of the bed narrow so that you can walk up to it and get in it. So, you know, it's not real wide. Uh, whereas this in my, and th- this boat, you know, my, my aft cabin is the whole width of the boat is, you know, 16 feet wide. And so that cabin is huge, right? I can walk around and I got drawers on either side windows and stuff like that. So that's the downside to a cat. Uh, and, uh, it's a trade off. There is no such thing as a perfect boat. I mean, maybe if you've got enough money, I don't know, but, uh, for, for, for my price range, it definitely isn't. So, you know, there, there are pluses and minuses. Um, and we'll see, I have only ever really chartered catamarans or spent maybe a few weeks, three or four weeks at a time on a cat and they've never been really my catamaran. So, 
I don't know. I'll have to report back to you on on the conditions when I actually get to that boat. I can't really announce the the name of the the brand or anything like that, Catamaran yet, because they haven't. Um, it's a brand new model, and they haven't released that publicly yet. So once that's released, which should be any day now, I hope. Uh, I'll probably do another podcast basically uh, explaining the boat and give you all the information about it and everything. So I'll do that. But so going back to the costs on everything for uh, this boat, uh, the, you know, I already mentioned, so it's about $4,000 a month in fuel. Um, if you add up the generator and everything, so that's pretty expensive. And then but you could stay in a marina sometime, which we do. We stay in a marina. It depends. We're here in St. Martin. We stay in a marina pretty much the whole time. We're doing a lot of work on the boat, stuff like that. But when we're out cruising around, we're in a marina maybe a third of the time, right? So we'll go out on the anchor for a week, and then we'll go spend three days in a marina, and then we'll go out for another week or whatever. Um, you know, marinas aren't expensive. Aren't, I mean, so, yeah, that's saving me at the $100 a day I'd have to be running my generator, but it's probably costing me... $150 a day to be at that marina. So it's an extra $50 on top. Um, and then, you know, sometimes down here, they electricity can be really expensive. They might be charging another $30 or $40 a day for electricity. So it's almost double just to stay at a marina. So, you know, um, if money didn't matter, I mean, at all, and like it was, you know, because I'd love to be saving money right now, but I'm not doing a whole lot because of how expensive this is. Um, uh, you know, if, 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 if you got enough money, I mean, motor yacht is a pretty pleasant way to go. Uh, I would, it really is, uh, especially something about this size. I don't think I'd go any bigger really than 60, maybe 70 feet for a trawler type boat. Um, because I mean, at that point you really need like crew, like professional crew to do a lot of the stuff on it right now. I do everything myself, but I mean, I spend a lot of time working on the boat and that's another thing that maybe there's a lot more work on a, on a motor yacht. So on a sailboat or a smaller motor yacht or something like that, I can do most of the work myself. And I do most of the work myself on this boat, but there are things like, you know, I have these two big 700 horsepower Detroit diesel engines. Uh, I've never really been an engine guy. Uh, I can fix most of the things, electrical and plumbing on the boat. I do all that. But when it comes to working on engines, I kind of defer to the professionals a little bit. So, you know, these engines actually do need professional maintenance uh, a lot probably more often than just your typical yanmar or you know uh, or you know uh, what are they volvo you know or universal uh diesel engine for a sailboat like a 50 60 70 horsepower something like that uh you know and i've had a couple i've had to call a D, uh, you know a detroit mechanic a couple times to do a few couple things like one time i had the starter was going out and you know okay on your typical boat yeah sure just pull the starter off put a new one on you're good to go well this starter weighs like 80 pounds and it has to be rebuilt you know and all that so i had to have a guy come and get it out and then he had to he had to remove a few pieces off the motor to get the starter out and then put it back in and all that and then we had um a leak at our uh raw water pump it was just dripping one of the, the one of the seals had gone and so i you know the seal itself thank god i had a spare but i mean the seal was like 200 bucks but i had a spare so he but i still had to pay the 80 dollars an hour for the detroit mechanic to come out and and fix it all so so there's the extra expense with that um so maintaining this boat is definitely you know more expensive i think too than you're probably your typical sailboat so it's just it's just more expensive than i kind of hope but planned now don't get me wrong i love I love cruising around on this boat. It's great. 
another uh, but you know another downside is is uh, that you know when the weather's great and the conditions are perfect you know throwing up a sail and turning off all the motors and just going is really a cool feeling you know it's just quiet it's calm you're it just feels great you know what i mean um whereas on this boat yeah i mean it does feel cool to do 15 16 knots but you know that for a couple minutes and then it's loud and then it's you're like oh man look at that fuel burn <laughs> yeah you know so uh there's pluses and minuses i know i'm i it sounds like i'm talking down a lot about motor yachts but I, I think it all just comes back down to money um if if money's not an issue for you then a motor yacht's the way to go if if, if money is an issue then a you know sailboat's probably the way to go and then another consideration that maybe doesn't have to do with money is your range so sure you can get a motor yacht that has thousands of miles of range you can get a nordhaven or something like that or katie krogan or if you want to go up to the big boys or something like that those are really expensive but i want to get back in the south pacific when i went through the south pacific four years ago man it's already been four years um it we went really fast uh we did the whole south pacific we left mexico in the middle of march and we made it to thailand uh, like the first week of september so six months to do not only the south pacific but then like through indonesia and all that up into southeast asia so really fast doing that and i want to get back into the pacific and go through all that go through all that again but go at a slower pace so the problem is this boat really has about a 600 maybe 700 mile range which for the south pacific that's just not going to do it um maybe if you get this boat shipped to french polynesia you know maybe yeah maybe at that point you you could uh it you can hop between islands i think you know the average island group is four or five hundred miles across so you can do it no problem but I mean, crossing the Pacific Ocean to get that there is 2,700 miles to, to the Marquesas. And then you got to buy fuel there, uh, which is going to be really expensive getting it there. So it's just you can't do it in a motor yacht if you want to go around the world. I mean, I know people that have. I've met people on a Katie Krogan in Fiji, and they did cross the Pacific. They crossed it at, I think they were on like a 50-foot Katie Krogan, and they were doing, they averaged 5.5 knots. And I don't know how long it took them, but you know they have they have really they have a really efficient engine for that i think they were burning like two or three gallons an hour and they held like i don't know a couple thousand gallons or whatever it was i i honestly don't remember the offhand but i know they were able to do it but then again i mean like money wasn't an issue for them because they didn't mind filling up for with three or four thousand gallons of fuel at a time so it's a trade-off either way it always will be a trade-off for you uh there is no such thing as a perfect boat i know i've said it before but but so uh, I guess I've kind of already said the future is, is that I'm going to go to a catamaran for a while and see how I like that. Um, that'll be next year. And I plan on doing the South Pacific. Uh, you know, we'll see how things go uh, with uh, the geopolitical stuff going on right now. I don't know what's going on, but uh, kind of crazy times. But so if you're thinking about, you know, getting a yacht, doing something, you know hopefully that has helped gave you some good information i mean both of them have their pluses and minuses uh you know the downside of a sailboat is that you only go six or seven knots i mean okay you get really nice when you go seven or eight maybe ten sometimes on and in good conditions but uh that's not average you're probably going to average six seven knots and you know so it takes you a lot longer to get places uh, there's been uh, we've done lots of trips so far that are 80 90 100 miles and Doing that in this boat takes eight, nine hours, whereas on a sailboat would have taken, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there, I don't know, 18 hours. 
something like that, 15 hours. Um, so it's definitely an overnight sale to do a lot of this stuff. Whereas like when we went down to Antigua, I think it was like 80 miles. And so we left at uh, like 7 a.m. or something. And then we were there by two or three in the afternoon. Um, whereas if we did it in a sailboat, we would have had to leave probably at you know midnight or something and then got there at three in the afternoon. So um, that's the downside of a sailboat. But and you're more uh, reliant on the weather uh, for a sailboat because you have to, unless you really just like beating into the wind, but nobody does that. Uh, nobody likes doing that anyway. So uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some crazy people out there who do, but I don't. And so you you're you're at the mercy of the wind and weather a little bit more, waiting for the perfect time to go. I mean, although you still have to wait a little bit here, uh, because on a, on a motor yacht, because you don't want to go out in 25, 30 knots of wind. I mean, that's just uncomfortable. Uh, and so, but the thing is, is like, we have done that on a, on the motor yacht. Okay. We were, we had a, we had a 12 or 30, no, I think it was 13 miles from St. Bart's to St. Martin. We were heading back this way and the wind was up a little bit. It was like, eh, it's not going to be super comfortable, but it's only an hour, right? We're like, all right, we're just going to do 14 knots the whole way. And it's going to take us an hour to get there. I'm going to burn a little bit more fuel, but at least we'll be through it and we'll be comfortable. Whereas on a sailboat that would have taken two and a half hours, maybe, because uh, you're in rough conditions, you're probably not going to be able to average seven knots. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, there's the benefits either way. So I would say if you just like peace and quiet and calm, well, that's not necessarily true. It can be pretty rough and crazy sometimes under sail. But if you like to be able to do that, uh, a sailboat's the way to go. If, you're, if, you're, if you want more comfort and speed and to get there now, uh, a, a motor yacht's the way to go. I will say a motor yacht is more comfortable than a sailboat. Absolutely. You get more space. Uh, you get more variety of space. You get more household type stuff, which is really nice. You can pretend you're not in a boat for a while. So there you go. Uh, I hope that answered some of your questions on what life is like on a motor yacht. Uh, please click the subscribe button if you're not already. Uh, you can go to sailingdoodles.com. We have our merch there and uh, see our koozies there. And then also uh, our sailing school, which I'm happy to announce, um, is uh, is up and running. Uh, so uh, we got six hours of video instruction uh, and teaching you how to sail. Uh, and, of course, it's our patrons that make this channel possible thank you so much guys they get early access to both this video and plenty of other videos they get extended scenes and then of course we do uh patron only videos for them as well so uh kind of up the special updates and everything so thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast